The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a monster Monday and is presented by DraftKings. What a glorious weekend it was. DraftKings America's number one sportsbook app as well as number one DFS app. And we'll have an awesome conference championship Sunday for both of those things. It's a new week, which means we have a new spread the word via social media winner at Ross Tucker NFL at Ross Tucker pod. The easiest contest to win of which I'm aware of on planet Earth. Just engage Maverick like Top Gun. Top Gun 1. Engage. Is there Top Gun 2? I don't know. Anyway, engage. At Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod. Just a tweet or a reply or a quote tweet or a like or a love on Facebook or Instagram. At Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod. It's so easy. We'll also have a sponsor confirmation email winner. That's just one of you that takes advantage of one of our sponsors this week. We got a bunch of good ones. We'll do a YouTube shout out. Love the YouTube shout outs. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Just fun for me to do those for the winners. It's just an easy thing for me that I know people get a lot out of, which I love. Today's patron shout out, Ryan Bruns. I think that's how you say it. Ryan Bruns. Ryan like Ryan Sandberg. B-R-U-N-S. Love when we get new patrons. Patreon.com slash RT Media. I'm thinking perhaps about a happy hour on Friday night for the Tuckheads that are patron members of the private Slack channel, patreon.com slash RT Media. So keep that in mind as a possibility. By the way, got a couple cool things we're going to get going soon, and uh, we're going to email you guys about them this week. So make sure you're signed up. For the email newsletter on the homepage at RossTucker.com. Got a couple cool things to shoot your way and a story to send your way as well. A lot to get to. I mean a lot to get to. It's Big Show time. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to watch the Big Show. Well, maybe we will be editing that one out today. So What's that? 
I said, maybe we will be editing that one out today. No, you don't need to edit out. That's funny, dude. Like, you pressed the wrong button. It's 6.02 a.m. Central Time. Somebody has a little case of the Mondays. It's okay, bro. It makes it better. It makes it more entertaining. People were totally confused. They're thrown off. Yeah, I was thrown off. Yeah, so like, don't we? I don't want to be one of those podcasts that goes back and edits stuff like that. I mean, like, here's the deal. If anybody listening or watching on our YouTube, like, cares about that or is like, oh my gosh, he hit the wrong button and there was four seconds where it sounded like the close of the show. Like, they're not our type of peeps anyway. You know what I mean? The, 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 those are not our people, Brian. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you to all of the good people who don't care. Uh, yesterday, kind of a big day in the NFL. Now we've got four teams left. The divisional round has come and gone, Ross. Your biggest takeaways from not the best weekend of the year, because we've already experienced super wild card weekend of the year, but one of the best weekends of the year. Yeah, and you know... I do. It's interesting. There haven't been as many close games as we were hoping for. You know, there was only one one score game over the divisional round weekend at the end where there was truly significant drama late in the game. And I'm not sure that happens if Patrick Mahomes doesn't get hurt. So we haven't had the level of drama perhaps that I was looking for, hoping for, all those things. Here's a couple of things I, I wrote down, Bri, that, that jumped out to me, okay, as being significant over the divisional round weekend. Number one, weather as a factor. In particular, it was clearly a factor on Saturday. It was cold in Green Bay. They had the snow flurries. You know, I don't know how much it affected the Rams because I was actually – impressed that the Rams kept fighting, kept battling. Uh, and Jared Goff made some clutch throws when he had to in that game. They just didn't play well enough defensively. I mean, we'll get to that later. But I think the weather was a factor there. It was absolutely a factor in Buffalo. You know, the game I was at, my last game in the booth this season, as I put out on Twitter, at Ross Tucker NFL, the wind. I mean, first of all, Justin Tucker doinking two field goals. Tyler Bass just missed two field goals for the Bills. He's a pretty good young kicker. And then there were several balls that were, first of all, it affected multiple punts. We know that. And then there were several balls that were overthrown as a result, Bry. You know, there was Josh Allen overthrew a couple deep receivers. Tyler Huntley had Hollywood Brown behind the defense late in the game for the Ravens and overthrew him. Ravens had multiple chances to score a touchdown late to make it a one-score game again. So weather is a factor. And I point that out as a takeaway or a theme because Green Bay, Kansas City, Sunday, very, very cold. They're both going to be very, very cold. We'll see if there's any precipitation to speak of. We'll see what it's like, but those are two cold places where the weather is absolutely going to be a factor. And then I would say critical mental errors by road teams. I mean, you think about like the Rams and fourth and one, 
false start or Aaron Donald with the silly, silly penalty, unnecessary roughness against Elton Jenkins, just stuff you can't do. The Ravens calling timeouts when you shouldn't have to call timeout. You know, bad snaps. I mean, just silly errors that will get you beat at this point of the season. Even the Browns. You know, the Browns had some of those uh, disappointing penalties and things like that that it, it ended up being the difference in the game. You know, they had some of those drops. It, it really ended up being the difference in the game, a game that was very winnable for the Browns. Who would have thought the only game with a double-digit spread was the only game that ended up being a one-score game? But critical mental errors, I mean, I guess some home teams did too, but it was more noticeable to me with the road teams. You know, the one, we can get to the specifics, but that end zone rule with Rashard Higgins, end of the first half for the Browns, that's one of those critical mental errors. I know he's just being aggressive. I know he's trying to score a touchdown. But Kevin Stefanski, his head coach, even said, Bry, we tell them not to do that. That, that should have been first and goal. You're not, Steve Fezzik talks about it on the Even Money podcast. You don't do that unless it's fourth down, maybe third down. But you don't do it in a situation like that. The flip side of that, Bri, is I remain frustrated that not everything is reviewable. Daniel Sorensen had a clear leading with the crown of his helmet hit that they should be able to review that. You know, that should have been... Maybe that's one of the two challenges Kevin Stefanski has to use. I don't know. But I don't like the end zone rule. But it is the rule right now. That doesn't like forgive Richard Higgins. That's a mental error by Higgins because that is the rule, even though I don't like it. The thing I really get frustrated about is not having everything be reviewable. Let's, let's correct an obvious issue like that. Coaches still only have two challenges. They're going to have to be very careful about when they use them. Certainly, the Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson injuries were big takeaways. I think it just speaks to how fragile the game is. Like, how how fragile professional football, any sport, I guess, but in particular, professional football is where it's like, as soon as Lamar Jackson, like, it went from being, it looks like the Ravens are going to tie this game to a pick six. Lamar hits his head at 17-3, and you feel like they have no hope. He went right into the locker room after that. And then Mahomes, and I tweeted this, at Ross Tucker NFL, I would imagine Mahomes plays next Sunday. I have no idea, right? But I'll just say there's millions of people that saw him get up woozy. And as a result there are going to be people that don't think he should play next week. Right or wrong. I'm not, I'm not making a judgment. I'm not a doctor. I'm not evaluating him. I'm not going through the protocol. I'm just saying there's going to be a bunch of casual fans, or not even casual fans, there's going to be a bunch of fans, members of the media, that are going to say, that guy was woozy. He should not be able to play football the next week. And then, uh, obviously, my guy, Chad Henney, 
from Wyoming, Pennsylvania, who went to Wilson West Lawn. He's been on the show multiple times, coming in, having those two huge plays. I mean, he actually made more plays than that. They had the third and four earlier where he threw the check down to Damian Williams. He had the other drive where he got him down close to field goal range. He had a bad interception. I don't know what happened there. But Chad made a bunch of plays, including that scramble, which was incredible. And then fourth and inches, Andy Reid goes for it. Very, very cool. I think I've told these stories before. When Chad Henney came on the show, I pretty much have him on once a year or whatever on the show. I think I've told these stories before. I'm going to share them again, though, Bri, since he's in the news. Number one, when he was in maybe seventh or eighth grade, both these stories are from when he was in seventh or eighth grade, right? I used to work out. I was in college. I used to work out with his dad. I believe his dad worked at the hospital and you got to work, work out complimentary membership at our weight room, the Wyoming High School weight room. And his dad's a big dude, big, strong dude. So I used to work out with his dad when I was in college and home from a break or over the summer. And I would talk to his dad and his dad would tell me about his son. And he'd say, yeah, my son's pretty big. He's playing. He's, I think he's going to be a pretty good player. And like, you know, you hear that so often that you're kind of like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure he's going to be great. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm sure your son's going to be awesome. Turns out his son was Chad Henney. Started first game in ninth grade for one of the top 10 programs in the state of Pennsylvania, Wilson Westlawn High School. Then he starts the first game for Michigan as a true freshman unbelievable goes on to obviously start all four years at Michigan. And I think it's like his 13th year in the NFL, but it's just funny because I totally doubted his dad. The second story I heard from my cousin, Mark Elliott, who went to Wilson and played with Chad Henney, that in eighth grade, Chad Henney was a fullback linebacker in eighth grade. And they were playing, at for the junior high at the varsity field they did a fullback option pass with henny he stopped threw the ball like 50 60 yards in the air as an eighth grader playing fullback and the head coach for wilson at the time as the story goes jim cantafio said who the heck is that and one of the other coaches said that's chad henny it's going to be the next great fullback linebacker for Wilson. And Cantafio said, the hell he is. That's our quarterback. <laughs> and he ended up starting the next year in ninth grade. It's a big powerhouse high school. He's at the junior high in ninth grade starting for the high school football team. So just two funny stories that I remember hearing about Henny over the years. And obviously, we've kept in touch and talk and he, I think like I said he comes on about once a year we didn't have him on this this summer uh maybe I can get him on over the next couple of weeks we'll see what happens I don't like to bother guys like that especially if he might be playing next Sunday against the Bills I don't want to be one of the 50 text messages he got yesterday probably got even more than that I don't, I don't need to be that guy uh then the last thing Bri would just be Drew Brees retiring and uh Dude, hits me right away like a ton of bricks. 
just you know, he's my age. We came out the same year, 2001. Seeing him on the sideline, on the bench, seeing the pictures of him and his family on the field after the game. Um, you know, not happy to see him go out like that with those interceptions. And it's a bummer, that part of it. But even more so than just kind of how that last game ended. You know, I've got a lot of respect for that guy. And seeing him and knowing that it's probably his last time playing brings back all those emotions for me. And here I am, 7.15 a.m. Eastern, and uh, my eyes fill up immediately. It's hard to describe how much you can love something like that and miss it. And, 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 and much different than what I tweeted last night, it's not the beer talking right now. <laughs> I had a couple beers last night. It's not that right now at all. Congratulations, Drew, on an unbelievable, unbelievable career. Speaking of unbelievable, right now, new users can bet $1 on McGregor to win by knockout in the first round. And if he does, you'll be cashing in $257. Bet a little, win a lot. It's that simple. So you can bet on the UFC and Conor McGregor, or you can go ahead and bet on Conference Championship Sunday if you want. We also have, of course, DFS, the Sunday slate at DraftKings. Either way, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code ROSS when you sign up to turn $1.00 into $257 if McGregor wins by first-round knockout. Place your bet and watch the fists fly this weekend. That's Code Ross for new players to get $257 if McGregor wins by first-round knockout. Limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey or PA only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Tux Takes. All right, start with the Rams-Packers game, and uh, Aaron Rodgers finally gets to play in the NFC Championship game at Lambeau for the first time in his career. On Saturday, he threw for two touchdowns, and he also ran for a score. Packers over the Rams, 32-18. I could not believe that stat when I, when I heard that. I didn't realize that was the case. You know, I didn't realize he had never been in a home conference championship game. That's weird, really weird. Because it feels like they've been the number one seed several times. It's like they've played a bunch of home playoff games. But I guess that's that's how it's worked out. So, look, no Cooper Cup really hurt the Rams. Frankly, I think I, I was wrong on that one. I was surprised. I thought he would play based on my experience with bursitis. And I think Dr. Chow thought he would play as well. So, I don't know. I'm not sure what happened there. Uh, but no Cooper Cup hurt. Story of the game was really the Rams' defense inability to slow down the Packers. I mean, the Packers just march on their first drive. They get Rams with 12 guys on the field, have to settle for a field goal after Rodgers actually missed a touchdown throw high on second down. Then the Rams moved the ball. I thought Jared Goff did some really positive things. I'll give him some credit. You know, you got that thumb injury. It's freezing cold there. I give Goff, Goff showed me something in that game. 
But then the Rams jump off sides. I mentioned it fourth and one, had to settle for a field goal. Goff was throwing well. One of the things that really hurt the Rams in this game, Aaron Donald was not Aaron Donald. And while I might have been wrong on Cooper Cup, I thought he'd play, I was right on Donald that I thought that that torn rib cartilage would negatively affect him, would affect his production, and it absolutely did. I mean, it absolutely did. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, Elton Jenkins was doing such a good job for the Packers. Donald got that selfish penalty. Next thing you know, Devontae Adams touchdown. Um, then the Rams responded with a two-minute drill. Uh, oh, actually, yeah, th- th- another time, then the, the Packers went down the field. That time, Rodgers had that pump fake, ran in for a touchdown, but then they missed the extra point. Three drives, nine-plus play scores for Green Bay in the first half. Before then, the Rams have that two-minute drill, touchdown, first runs, then several golf throws, I give a lot of credit to uh, Jared Goff on that drive and to Sean McVay for sticking with the run early on on that drive. Uh, That was a good response to make it, I think it was, what, 16-10 then? But then how about the end of the first half, Brian? The Rams dropped two end zone interceptions. They just dropped them. And so Green Bay was able to get a field goal to make it 19-10. Aaron Jones had a big run to start the second half. Led to another Jones touchdown. Seemed like the game was over at that point then. Like, what was it, 25-10 after uh, the two-point conversion was no good. But the Rams kept leaning on Cam Akers. Touchdown run. Then they did that hook and ladder for a two-point. And and you're like, all right, 25-18, seven-point game. All right, Rams. And then Aaron Rodgers had that play-action pass, the bomb to Alan Lazard for the touchdown that kind of sealed it. 32-18 was the final. Uh, but I, I will say this. Rodgers was awesome. Rams' defense wasn't good enough. I thought the Rams' offense actually, I know they only scored 18 points, but they kind of showed me a little something. Takes. Taron Johnson, 101-yard pick six, helped the Buffalo Bills to a 17-3 win over the Baltimore Ravens, and they will play the Chiefs this Sunday. So the first thing I want to talk about, Bri, is some of the Bills fans. I feel like I need to – I didn't want to try to, like, tweet back at people. I'd rather just say it here. I had several Bills fans after the game say, you picked against us. You picked against us, man. I had someone that said, you're a traitor. Some guy said, I'm a charlatan because I was excited about how loud the Bills fans were. And I was pumped for the Bills fans. Let me explain something, okay? I didn't think I had to, but evidently I do. Literally, my job is to give the analysis of what I think is going to happen. And I thought the Ravens would win a close game. Based in large part on how both teams had played the week prior. I was wrong. The Bills won. That's awesome. Just because I picked the Ravens to win doesn't mean deep down inside I wanted the Ravens to win. You guys know I've been so clear on this show for years about my affinity for the Buffalo Bills, my favorite team of the five I played for. It was awesome to be there Saturday night. I am thrilled for that organization, 
for those fans that they won that game. Just because I picked the Ravens to win, because I thought they would. It wasn't like I knew they were going to win. Like, I just think, hey, I think the Ravens are going to win the game. They didn't. Who cares? But, like, for Bills fans to get mad at me because I didn't pick their team to win, honestly, guys, I, I mean, hopefully you can figure it out. Like, that's, that's my job. As for the food, Bri, the options were a ham and Swiss box lunch or a turkey and cheddar box lunch. I went with turkey and cheddar. It did have a nice chocolate chip cookie in there that Tom McCarthy uh, could attest. Actually, it, it, it was the most cookie dough-like tasting cookie I've ever had. So that's that. Then they had like Miss, is it Miss Vicks or Miss Vicky's? Miss Vicky's, yeah. Those good, good chips. Miss Vicky's? Yeah. It was jalapeno. They were hot. I mean, they were hot, but this is why I'm hot. You ain't because you're not. I'm not going to do it again. Um, by the way, lots of our listeners, viewers, they knew the name. It's like MIS or MIMS or something. Anyway. <clears throat> It came with an orange peel. I don't really understand. Not orange peel, like an orange. I continue to believe that an orange is the single worst piece of fruit to put in a box lunch. Like, who wants to get their fingernail and dig it in to, like, peel it off and then have the orange orange juices all over your hands? Like, what are we doing? Put a pear in or an apple or a banana. I mean, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Um, I went turkey and cheddar. It was fine. They had some type of like Dijon mustard, I guess. I kind of dipped the sandwich in. Um, but I, I knew it was I knew what I was getting into. So I had a chicken panini sandwich at Tim Hortons driving in because I wanted to make sure I had a nice base. Then I had this sandwich, but I also had brought a salad from Panera for halftime because I didn't want to be starving on the way home because I knew that that sandwich, because I got there like at 4.30 to watch the Packers game. Anyway, um, I'll give it a B. I'll give it a B. In, in the COVID era, I'll give it a B. As for the game, I mean, the Ravens start off with a 12-play drive, 52 yards. They're running the ball. And look at they were going to run the ball all over the Bills all night. The way they were running the ball. But then Tucker doinked the field goal. I mentioned the wind was a big factor. Um, Ravens using timeouts they shouldn't have. Lamar Jackson then takes a sack, you know, to knock him out of field goal range. Uh, J.K. Dobbins had a critical drop. They would have gotten a first down. Matabike, you know, now I know Josh Allen might have sold it a little bit. But Matabike pushed Josh Allen so unnecessarily for the unnecessary roughness penalty. Sam Cook had a bad punt. It just, you know, the Ravens had their chances. Like, so, I mean, really, the game came down to the one play. The, the, the pick six was the play of the game. Otherwise, it was a very even game. But, he, but forget even it being an even game other than the Lamar pick six. Just those, those mistakes by the Ravens. I just listed, you can't take that sack, you can't have that drop, you can't have that penalty, you can't have the bad punt. Um, meanwhile, for the Bills, uh, 
They only got a field goal after Gabriel Davis dropped. I thought he should have had a touchdown catch from Josh Allen after that shanked punt by Sam Cook. Um, Allen was missing. Josh Allen was missing receivers by throwing it too hard. Then Bass missed the field goal. Then my brother from another mother, Justin Tucker, missed another field goal. Um, end of the uh, two-minute drill, the Ravens finally get a field goal, which made it 3-3 at halftime. They had a nice two-minute drill there. The drive, that Really, the first two drives of the third quarter were the drives of the game. You know, it was a nice mix and match by the Bills of Singletary, Stephon Diggs led to that Bills touchdown. Then Ravens get a long drive. They're moving the ball. Looks like they're about to tie it up. Really what happened there, Bright, was Lamar Jackson missed on that second down throw. He had a wide open Hollywood Brown. Lamar missed a couple throws you can't. And maybe he couldn't step into it. You know, maybe there was some pressure. It doesn't matter. He needed to make those throws. Needed to make those throws. Um... So, and uh, then he had that pick six. They fooled him. You know, Taron Johnson, he thought he was going to go out to the flat. He undercut Andrews, took it all the way back to the house, scores 17-3. to I mentioned earlier, next thing you know, another bad snap by the Ravens over Lamar Jackson's head. Totally unacceptable. And boom, there you go. The um, Ravens are down 17-3. And then even later on in the game, uh, Huntley came in. He did some decent things. Mark Andrews had a drop of a Huntley touchdown. J.K. Dobbins had a drop of a Huntley touchdown. And the Ravens lose 17-3. Ducks takes. All right, Chad Henney relieves Patrick Mahomes due to the concussion. He leads the Chiefs over the Browns to a 22-17 victory. Right, and... Look, this was this ended up being the best game of the bunch. It's going to end up having the most late game drama. The Chiefs marched on their first drive. I mean, the Browns just like Taki Taki missed a key tackle on Damian Williams. You just can't do that stuff and expect to win. Then they missed the extra point. It hurt the Browns. Jedrick Wills gets hurt on the first play. Their rookie first round pick left tackle. The Browns kind of had a nice answer drive, but they had to settle for a field goal after Mayfield was sacked on second and long. Then again, it's unbelievable. I, I mentioned this. I tweeted this during the game, Brian, at Ross Tucker NFL. You know, the Browns get the Chiefs into second and 19. But then Kelsey dusts Denzel Ward. You know, they get they get they end up getting a big play. Then they dust Denzel Ward for a touchdown, 13-3. It is uncanny with Mahomes how, like, second and 19 doesn't matter. They still get it. I thought there was a bad holding call on Wyatt Teller. I didn't like it. You know, we were always taught if a guy throws a uppercut, like a, you know, a rip move, that you can push him in the back and fold him like that, like Wyatt Teller did. That wasn't a hold. Very disappointing. Chubb had the drops. That stopped the Browns offense. Mahomes was limping. And really, I thought the play of the game was Higgins going in for that touchdown, end of the first half. Sorensen leads with his helmet. They end up getting nothing. And then the Chiefs come back the other way and get that field goal. 
at the end of the first half. So then it's what, 16 to three at halftime? That ended up being huge. That like that end of the first half field goal for the Chiefs is huge because then the Browns could have just gone for a field goal late. Um, you know, Baker then telegraphed an interception to Tyron Matthew, but Butker, who missed extra point, hit the upright. A lot of that going on. The Browns finally started to lean on Chubb for a drive for that Landry touchdown. They went for the extra point instead of the two-point conversion to make it a one-score game. I thought that was a little interesting. I didn't really understand that one. I was surprised. Mahomes gets knocked woozy on an option. I'm a little surprised. Mahomes' toe was bothering him. Then I'm surprised they would run that option play with him with the toe like that. I'm still confused as to how he was concussed because he didn't really take any hard hits to the head. Kind of interesting. Um, I'm looking for more information there. I also don't really understand how Andy Reid said he passed all the tests after the game. If he passed all the tests, then why wasn't he allowed to come back in the game? I, I don't really understand that. Like, if he passed all the tests, then why'd they announce he had a concussion? And why didn't he come back in the game? He had to have failed some tests, right? I, I, I don't get it. Anyway, Browns get multiple fourth down conversions. For a Kareem Hunt touchdown, and that was like, oh boy, we got a game, 22-17. And then Chad Henney threw a terrible interception to Carl Joseph after a couple of solid throws on that drive. Like, that's a good example for Bills fans. Like, how could you say, you're a traitor, how could you say Chad Henney threw a terrible interception? Because he did. He, I'm, I'm literally friends with the guy. It, it's my job to say what happened. He threw a terrible interception. I don't know what happened. But that's my job. Anyway, Browns couldn't do anything with the ball after that. And that's the one that will come back to haunt them. The Browns not being able to do anything after that Henny interception. Kudos to the Chiefs defense. They never got the ball back. You know, Henny had the nice outlet throw to Damian Williams on a third and 14, a third and four. Then he had the scramble on third and 14. Then the throw on fourth and inches. And the rest is history. The rest is history. Browns never got the ball back. Ducks takes. Bucks upset the Saints in New Orleans 30 to 20. Third time though is a charm as they lost the two regular season games to New Orleans. But this is the one that counts. Tom Brady now heads to his 14th conference championship game. Yeah, and I tweeted this. Hopefully you guys checked it out at Ross Tucker NFL. He's been the starting quarterback for 19 seasons. He didn't start his first year, and in 2008, he got hurt in the first half of the first game. So that means, Bri, the 14, the night out of the 19 years he's been the quarterback the whole time, they've gone to 14 conference championship games. That's 73.6%, round up to 74%. That is insane. And of course, I was the one year I was there was one of the five years he didn't get there. Of course, Bry. Unbelievable. Anyway, no Taysom Hill or Latavius Murray for the Saints. You know, Saints got off to a pretty good start. Deontay Harris had that return that led to a field goal. Uh, both teams kind of were settling for field goals back and forth. Difference in this game very clearly was the turnovers. A bad breeze interception led to the first Mike Evans touchdown. The Saints gave themselves a lead again when Jameis Winston had that trick play bomb touchdown to Traquan Smith. 
you know, Godwin almost caught a touchdown in the, the first half. It's like the back end of the ball, that was amazing. But the Bucks had to settle for a field goal 13-13 at the half. And then in the second half, Saints had to lead again. I mean, they were up 20-13 to after Traquan Smith made that incredible catch to start the second half. Traquan Smith, big day. After that, it was all Bucks. Listen, it was 20-13. to Saints were marching again. And Antoine Winfield Jr. punched the ball out from Jared Cook. Game was never the same. Bucks go right down. Leonard Fournette touchdown, 20-20. to Then uh, Brady had that drive with throws to Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson. Not exactly household names. They go up 23-20. And then Devin White picks off Breeze. When it looked like Alvin Kamara didn't know the ball was coming, wasn't ready for it, leads to a Brady touchdown um, pass. No, Brady touchdown uh, quarterback sneak. 30-20, that was the final margin. Breeze to another touchdown, I mean, another interception off a, a tip, which ended the game, iced the game. I already said what I thought about uh, Drew Breeze. Don't want to uh, get my eyes to fill up again. Um, I will say this real quick, Bri. I don't mind when my eyes fill up. Like, things in life should be important to you. You know, when your daughters do something that impresses you, or like, your eyes should fill up. Like, I, I, I embrace every human emotion. Shout-outs to Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, SteakhouseSports.com, Vision Comics with an X, Lot to talk about tomorrow in terms of head coaches getting hired. I'm going to save all of that for a Tuckheads Tuesday. There was too much stuff to get into as far as the games were concerned. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.